Hello and welcome to High Desert Word Center again for our Sunday evening service. And uh, you know, some, something I want to remind you that you need, you need to remember, we need to treat this just like a church service. So if you would, turn your cell phone off. If you have to, put it in another room so you won't be distracted. Uh, years ago when we watched the Christian television with our, with our young children, we always looked at it this way. If we heard, if we heard a great matter of woman of God teaching the Word of God on television, we tell our kids, kids, the Word of God is like Jesus talking to us, so let's take it serious and let's be quiet and not like we're watching a TV show. So anyway, I just want to tell you, it's not the time of eating popcorn and drinking Cokes and being entertainment and trying to run back and forth. God may have something for you tonight, which I, I really believe that He does. That's going to help you see something you need to see to receive healing for yourself. Or know how to minister to somebody else that does need healing. So I want to say it one more time. Don't treat this like you're just watching a television show for entertainment. Treat this as if you're in a Holy Ghost service with the Spirit of God and the anointing of God speaking to you to help you to change your life forever. And so turn those phones off. Take them out of the room if you have to. And get your notebook. Get your pen or pencil, get your Bible, and prepare to receive from God. Now tonight's lesson is going to be along the same thing we talked about last week, divine healing and divine health. And the title, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, is God's Instructions for Healing and Health. God's Instructions for Healing and Health. And I want to say what I said last week because... Basically, I've been teaching divine healing and health for about 40 years. That we, we had a healing school back years ago that we taught every Wednesday morning. People came from everywhere to our healing school. And I, I said there was two purposes for healing school. And actually, every time I teach the Bible on healing, it's the same thing. Uh, my, my purposes are always the same. Number one, I'm here to teach the Word of God to people that need healing to show you from the Bible that it's God's will to heal you and show you how to receive healing from God. And then number two, even if you're not sick, my number two purpose is to teach people from the Bible how to take healing to someone else and how to teach other people from the Bible how to receive healing from God. And so if you need healed, I'm going to show you how to receive tonight. And if you know someone else that needs healed, I'm going to show you how to take it to them. So are you ready to read your Bible, ready to get to the Word of God? Okay, I want to show you some things tonight. Start off with, I want you to go to 3 John 2. 3 John 2. I want to give you a chance to get there. It's so important to see the Word of God for your own eyes. Now, I'm talking about the Gospel of John, not St. John. But then the Bible, right before the book of Revelation, you have 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. But I want to look at 3 John, verse 2. And the Apostle Paul said this. Beloved, I wish, or my center cop says, says, I pray, because we know that wishing doesn't get the job done, but praying does. He said, I pray above all things, above all things, that means it's a priority, high, 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 high on his list, and you know, the Bible's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so the Apostle John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. So God said, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. 
So the will of God is for us as believers to have financial security to be taken care of and then to live in health. He said prosper and be in health or live in health. And so the Bible, as the will of God tells us, God's will is for us to live a healthy life. Now, what, the way I like to read this verse is this. God said, I want you to prosper and live in divine health. Live in divine health. Even as our soul prospers. And so, the Bible teaches divine healing and divine health. And I want to tell you the difference, because a lot of Christians don't know this. You need to know this. The Bible teaches, like in this verse right here and many others, God wants you to live in divine health. That means you just stay well. You don't get sick. You just live a healthy life where you don't have to be concerned about healing because you're already well. But then number two, the Bible teaches that if you do get sick, that God wants you to receive healing. So it teaches you, he wants you to stay well, but at the same time, if you get sick, he wants you to be healed. He wants you to live in divine health. And so divine healing and divine health are both in the Bible, both the Word of God. We're going to look at some of those things tonight. And so I just pray my prayer, like the Apostle John, is that you live in divine health. But if you need healing, you'll be able to quickly receive healing from God so you can enjoy life because he wants you to enjoy a life of prosperity and that means having your needs met abundantly and a life of healing and health so you can enjoy life. And so I want to look at some Bible passages that show God's very specific instructions for receiving healing and staying well. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 through 22. Proverbs 4 verse 20 through 22. Put that cell phone up don't be texted right now for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, that text could hold. You can answer that text in 20 minutes. You can talk to that person in 20 minutes. But right now, what we're teaching may be a matter of life and death for somebody. You need to know from the Word of God how to receive healing if you need it. And if somebody else you dearly love needs healing, you need to know how to take it to them. And so put the phone up. And focus on the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22 says this. My son or my daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, the Word of God. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, God's Word says, are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. God's word to those that find them is life and health to all their flesh. And that word health right there in my center column from the Greek, that word health says medicine to all their flesh. And so I like to read this verse this way, that God's word is healing and medicine to all my flesh. Healing and medicine to all my flesh. And I want to look at this verse again and tell you how it becomes healing mess to your flesh. Number one, he said, my son, attend to my words. That means pay attention. Pay attention to the word of God right now, right now, because we're not 
actually in the section where I am right now. We got plenty of room here for social distancing when we get to uh, open back up again. But right now, act like you're sitting in church. Act like you're right here looking at me. I'm looking at you face to face, person to person. And if you're sitting here in the front row and you've got your cell phone out and you're looking at emails, you're texting, or you're doing other things right now, you're not paying attention. And so you're not qualified for the Word of God to be messing all your flesh because you're not attending to God's Word. You need to pay attention when the Word of God's been taught and not be distracted, not be doing other things. You know, it'd be kind of hard if you sit in the church service right now and be doing your dishes. It'd be kind of hard to be paying attention to the Word of God here in church if you're running around checking the mail and doing other things. And so you need to pay attention if you want God's word to be healing medicine to all your flesh. And so he says, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. That word incline there means to open your ears and be open to the word of God. And the way I like to say it's this way, Jesus said over and over again in the gospels, even the book of Revelation, Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And so I know that I'm very cautious as a man of God that I teach the word, that I don't get opinionated to where I say, this is what I think it ought to be. This is what I think. I want to stick with what the scriptures say. And so, so many times Christians have been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. Religiously brainwashed. In other words, they've been taught things from different people, religious people that thought they said something that the they thought they heard somebody say, instead of reading straight out of the Bible what the Bible says, and so then when they get around somebody that's teaching the, 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 the Word of God like I'm teaching tonight, then their brain blocks them off from receiving what God has. There's a lot of religious things that Jesus said this. He said, your religious traditions have made the Word of God of none effect. And so the religious traditions about healing that a lot of people have been taught, but it was religion and not the Bible. And so he says, incline thine ear. That means this. When you hear the word of God being taught, you need to say, Jesus, I want to receive this as if I've never heard the Bible before. Lord, I just want to thank you for my heart being open. I want to thank you for my heart being tender and teachable. Lord, I want everything that you gave your life for me to have. And I want to receive the word of God today. And so in other words, let the Word of God come straight to your spirit, and then you balance that out with the whole counsel of God's Word, but what the Word of God has to say. So for God's Word to become medicine to your flesh, number one, He says you've got to pay attention when you're being taught. Then number two, He says you've got to be teachable and open your spiritual ears to the Word of God. And then verse 21, He says, Let my words not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And so what he's saying, that God's word is not just something you read as a casual thing to do. You don't read God's word like you do a newspaper. You don't read God's word like you do a bunch of goofy emails come across your thing that you just scan through them real quick and then say, okay, I'm done. You need to keep God's word consistently in your line of vision. You need to have a regular Bible study habit. You need to take notes. When you hear a series like this being taught, 
so you go back and look at them, so you keep God's word before your eyes and then in your heart. You need to continue to be thinking about things you hear that really pertain to your life, such as the area of divine healing, divine health. You need to think about it. You need to ponder it. And I think about Psalms 1, where the psalmist said, uh, don't get caught up in the counsel of the ungodly, uh, sit with the, in the seat of the scornful, hang out the wicked things like that. But he said, meditate in the word of God day and night. He said, if you meditate in the word of God day and night, the word meditate means to speak the word out loud, that when you keep that word in your heart, in your mouth, and in your thinking, then you're guarding your heart. So God's work can do all that he wants it to do. But he says that when you find his word, since we're looking at today, he says it's life and it's healing and medicine. And so we want to make sure that we know what the medication is were to be taken. And so I think about uh, spiritual medicine, which is the word of God compared to natural medicine. You know, doctors give you pills and the word of God is called the gospel. Well, I like to say this. God's word is gospels. And so I like to take my gospels so I can stay away. Well, I like to take my gospels because God's word is God's medicine. And when I take God's medicine as prescribed, then God told me his medicine gives me healing. His medicine gives me health. And so a couple different things that we're going to look at like the word of God. We're going to look at some things on healing and health. But I want you to go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, we'll look at verse 14 through 17. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. And we want to see some New Testament examples of God's healing and God's health. Matthew chapter 8, I want to give you time to get there. Write these verses down because you need to see it for your own eyes. I love to watch Jesus in action, don't you? I love to see what Jesus did. And you know, I, I think about what I heard a man say years ago, so I stuck with me. If you want to know Jesus' attitude towards sickness and disease, if you want to know the will of God from Jesus, because he's the same yesterday and forever, all you have to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll see Jesus' attitude towards your healing. You'll see Jesus' attitude towards sick people, how he wants them well. And so Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, it says, And when Jesus would come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lame and sick of a fever. So in other words, Jesus visited Peter and he saw Peter's mother-in-law laid down sick with a fever. And so Jesus says, and he touched her hand and the fever left her. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. And so this passage right here, number one, there's a Bible doctor, we'll look at in a little detail, a little bit, called laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. Now we're going to look at Mark 16 in a minute, where it says, lay hands sick, they shall recover. So Jesus was always our example. And so Jesus, Acts 10, 38 says, was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. 
And so Jesus, anointed with the Holy Ghost, laid hands on Peter's mother-in-law. And when he did, it says the fever left her. And so that's one way that healing is ministered to the sick through laying on of hands. Jesus did it, and the woman received healing. And then I want you to notice then, in verse 16 and 17, it says, When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons. He cast out the spirits with his word. With the spoken word, he took authority over demon spirits and cast them out. And then he healed all that were sick. And he healed all that were sick. And so all the people that were in that crowd that came to Jesus that night received healing from Jesus. And then verse 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And last week we looked at Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, that told those very things, prophesied they were going to happen. And then here's, here it says that Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and so divine healing is a New Testament, Testament covenant right or covenant benefit. Jesus passed tense at Calvary when he took our sins. He took our sicknesses and diseases. And so Jesus is the one that wants us healed. He laid hands on the sick mother-in-law and healing came. And then it says right here, that he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And so that's a gospel. A gospel is this. Jesus paid the price for us to receive healing if we need it. And so you take your medicine by saying what the Bible says about you. That's a very, very, very much New Testament Bible principle. The law of confession. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, you'll have what you say. To receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says, You believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Says for with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. And so, if we are going to receive healing from God, we very much have to get our mouth engaged. And so, matter of fact, in taking a natural medicine, you have to open your mouth to put the medicine in. You have to open your mouth and speak the word of God out of your mouth. You need to say what God says about you. And so that's how you take your gospels. You need to take your gospels on a regular basis. God's word is God's medicine. So say this with me. Especially if you need healing right now, say this with me. Don't be afraid to say what the Bible says about you. Say this with me. Say according to Matthew 8, 17... It's right there in your Bible. According to Matthew 8, 17. Say that out loud. Quote the Bible. Jesus took my infirmities. Jesus took my infirmities. And Jesus bare my sicknesses. Jesus bare my sicknesses. Remember, above all else, he wants you to prosper and live in divine health. God's word is God's medicine to all your flesh. And that doesn't just mean your skin on the outside. That means your stomach, your eyes, your nerves, 
fungus on your toes, anything has anything good, anything is bothering you right now, sore throat, anything at all trying to hit your body, you need to say what God says about your life. And so God's word is God's medicine. Say this one more time with me. Say, according to Matthew 8, 17, Jesus took my infirmities. Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Say it one more time. Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Now that's the word of God. That's not taking anything out of context. That's not being extreme. That's just saying what the Bible says about you. Now we're talking about God's, God's way for you to receive healing and health. Now I want you to go to Mark chapter 16. And I'm going to look at verse 17 and 18. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Let me know when you're there, say amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. Well, my Bible, I wrote these phrases. I'm a believer, so this is talking about me. Now, you know something that... Uh, that we, we have to realize religion says that God used the apostles to heal people. God used the apostles to work miracles. But Jesus said right here, and yes, he was talking to the apostles that were there with him and the other disciples. But Jesus very specifically, so we in 21st century America, 20, the 21st century around the world, so we wouldn't have any misunderstandings. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. He was talking to these guys present with him, but we weren't even born yet. But we are born again now, and we're believers. And so when he says, these signs shall follow them that believe, then I say he's talking about me. If you're sitting with somebody where you're at right now, point your finger at him and say, he's talking about me. And then you say, he's talking about you. He's talking about us as believers. So he says there's some things... That should go on in our lives as believers. He said, in my name, in my name. And that's talking about the name of Jesus. That's called delegated authority. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's how our prayers get answered. We come to the Father in our own name and our own righteousness. Our own righteousness is as filthy rags. But the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, that's who we are. That's what we have of his righteousness. Jesus is the one. Took our sins, took our iniquities on the cross, and they gave us his righteousness, gave us his life. That's why we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and prayers get answered. But he said right here there's some signs that should operate in our lives in the name of Jesus. And so we don't have the ability of our own selves to do anything. But the name of Jesus is the name above every name. And so at the name of Jesus, every knee has got to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so he says right here, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out demons. In the name of Jesus. How many believe that? 
that the devil has to bow his knee to the name of Jesus, he has to back off. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, not because we're any great thing, because we use the name of Jesus. We say, Satan, we resist you in Jesus' name. We bind you in Jesus' name. He has to yield. So he says, in the name of Jesus, we cast out demons. We speak with new tongues. We take up serpents. That means authority over the devil. And if we drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. And then this, here's what we're looking at. In the name of Jesus, believers shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say might. It doesn't say we hope so, or we wish they'd get better. Jesus said in his name, believers lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so this is for every believer that's born of the Spirit of God. Jesus was our example. He laid hands on Peter's mother-in-law. And says she got up immediately and the fever left her and she began to serve them. And so I want to say this again. This is not some extreme doctrine. This is not some far out thing that just uh, some fanatical preachers preach. I, all I'm doing is quoting Jesus. Jesus said, a matter of fact, in John 14, 12, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. If you're a believer. And so Jesus said the works that he did. But we do also and even greater. If we're believers. And so I'm a believer. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ. Died for my sins with my substitute. And on the third day God raised him from the dead. And so I'm a believer. And so if you're a believer. Jesus said. In his name you lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. And so a believer. Is any born-again Christian anywhere in the whole world? And when you're born again, you're a new creature on the inside. You're not who you used to be. You're a brand new person. New life begun, Second Corinthians 5.17 says. And so the Holy Spirit in you works through your hands. Your spirit, for the Holy Spirit, has anointing in it. And that's why when Jesus said, when you lay hands on the sick just like he did, because he has anointed the Holy Ghost. When you're born again, you're anointed the Holy Ghost. So when you lay hands on the sick, Jesus said, they shall recover. And so, that means that God has given us a great commission here. Not only to preach the gospel, but to lay hands on the sick. And so the sick is anybody comes across your path. Friends, family, strangers. And if nobody's around and you need healing, you've got healing in your hands because the Bible says so. Don't be afraid. If something's attacking your body, to lay hands on yourself. Say, Father, I want to thank you. There's anointing in my hands because Jesus told me so. And release anointing into your own body. Release anointing into your, into your system if you need it. And, you know, all I can say this, there's an expression I've heard before, if you doubt it, do without it. And so I want what God has for me. And for 40 years, I've walked in the light of this, praying for myself, praying for multitudes of others. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. I've seen cancers leave. I've seen so many things that it's just beyond my understanding what I've seen God do. I've seen crippled people walk. I've seen so many things happen from, from, a, from a little child come to my altar line. And said, my pinky hurts. 
Or I got an owie where somebody said, Pastor, I've had a serious diagnosis, the doctor said. And then whatever it was that happened, we've laid hands on it for the little owie to the serious disease they received healed. And, you know, I've always got to say this because a lot of people don't understand it or they uh, think they heard something we didn't say. Not one time will you ever hear this ministry teach or say we're against doctors or we're against medicine. If I need doctors and medicine, I get doctors and medicine. But the first medicine I always want to take is my gospels. I always want to do what Jesus said to do. So I want to say it again. If you're listening to things I've said about people coming from serious diagnosis, we've never one time ever told a person. You don't have to go to your doctor. We've always told people we're telling you. Go to your doctor. Do what your doctor says to do. Your doctor's got you on a serious treatment with some chemotherapy, radiology, medicines, whatever it is. Do what your doctor said to do. But always, always, always give Jesus a chance to do what his word says to do. Take your medicine. Have your surgeries. Do what you got to do. But then at the same time, do what Jesus said to do. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so anyway, based upon the word of God, if you've had hands laid on you, or if you've even laid hands on yourself, then to take God's medicine, we've got to say what the Bible says. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And so to take this gospel, say this with me. Say this with me. Be bold to say what the Word of God says. Say this. According to Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, always quote the Bible where it says, because then you'll be able to find it again. Say this again. According to Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, in the name of Jesus, I've had a hands laid on me, and in Jesus' name, I'm getting better every day. Say that again. In the name of Jesus, I've had a hands laid on me, and in Jesus' name, I'm getting better every day. I know what Jesus said, they shall recover. If you go to the hospital and you have a surgery... When you come out of the surgery room, what's the next place they take you to? The recovery room. Well, what are you doing in the recovery room? You've had surgery, and now you're recovering. So you start living the health that the surgery is supposed to provide for you. Well, if you've had hands laid on you, then the great physician is doing surgery in you. And so after you come out of surgery from the great physician... You're recovering. And so that's why we can say, with the authority of the Bible, I've had hands laid on me, and now I'm getting better every day. Every day. And so this is simple Bible truth of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. This is God's medicine for divine healing and divine health. And so I want to say this. Take your medicine on a regular, consistent basis, your medicine that the doctor gives you will do you no good unless you take the medicine. God's medicine is God's word. God's word is God's medicine. Take it consistently and remember what the great apostle John said in 3 John 2. Above all else, I want you to prosper 
and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I believe in Jesus' name, we've got a whole lot of doers of the word that heard this message today. And you're going to do what God said. And you're going to enjoy the life that God has for you. And now, I've got a special blessing for you. My lovely, wonderful, supernatural woman of God that I'm married to. My wife, Mrs. Pastor, is going to talk to you now about your tithes and your offerings. It's going to be a blessing to you. Mrs. Pastor? Hey, everybody. It's happy time. I sure do miss seeing your sweet faces, but I know you're out there, and I know that you're continuing to do the will of God. So uh, today's scripture is Luke 6:38. I know you all know it. Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now that's an offering scripture. And so, you know, I tell you all the time, there's a difference between tithing scriptures and offering scriptures, but that's an offering scripture. On the bottom of your screen, it tells you how you can bring your tithes and your offerings or send them into High Desert Word Center. And so I want, let's do our financial face confession. This is awesome. Are you ready? As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all our financial needs so that we have more than enough to take good care of our family and to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in closing, we need to say our our Barstow blessing confession. And I hope that everybody around here and even other churches are starting to get this because whatever we say out of our mouth is what's going to come to pass. Are you ready? We believe that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed, our schools are blessed, our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed, Barstow is prospering, Barstow is safe, Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.